All right, folks, good morning. Uh, this is Jamie Oikel from uh, runningrestaurants.com. We are here with a Cracking the Restaurant Labor Crunch episode. I want to thank our Diamond Sponsor Performance Food Service uh, for, for helping us with the show. Um, excited to do that. But this is this is great. Uh, thank you, Mark, so much for joining me. This is Mark McDonald, founder and CEO of LaSalle Grill there in uh, South Bend, Indiana. And whenever I think of South Bend, I think of Notre Dame. Is that a fair statement? It is. It is, though. We're kind of pulling away from that, uh, probably most due to one person, our former mayor, Pete Buttigieg, where if you get on a plane this in from South Bend, people would have to go, you'd have to pause and go, you know, where Notre Dame is located. <laughs> now they know South Bend because Pete Buttigieg, who uh, ran for president, our former mayor, and now is secretary of transportation. So yeah. he kind of put South Bend back on the map they were always known as uh, a big industrial base, Studebaker, Bendix Brakes, Singer Sewing Machine. They had a ball band, uh, uh, which became Uniroyal. Uh, they, were, they were really heavy industry until, oh, the 60s and into the 70s. And now we're information because of Notre Dame uh, pursuing technology, a technology-based uh, type of uh, education and center. And uh, we're very good for transportation uh, just because of our location where yeah. it is. You can ship from here to 80% of the United States in two days. So yeah. it's very advantageous for that logistics business. I was out. Uh, I was out. I was out that way uh, this summer on a, on a trip with uh, my daughter, looking at colleges. We did pass by South Bend. Great, great school. Great, great, great location where you guys are. But but let's get into the restaurant. The longtime operator. We I've talked with with Mark, and we have an interview on our site that's I think probably an hour long where we get into his business, and it was a great session. If you can get to that, but yeah. Uh, but but today we're talking about the labor crunch, and then you got you guys are decidedly an upscale. Place, at least the main property is, although I know you, you, you span everything from catering. And so you've seen all the stuff. Uh, I know COVID obviously offered challenges for you. Tell me where you are right now. Well, we are uh, a year and a half past, just a year and a half past the date that it happened on March 16th, I think it was 2020. Yeah. And uh, it, it's, it's kind of done a a different route than I would have expected on the, on the comeback. We have plenty of volume. We don't have like many places. We don't have enough staff to properly serve them and cook the food and do all the things that we're known for. So we have to been, been very careful about how much business, as I tell people, we're throttling reservations mm -hmm. depending on where we are with staffing. Though, in the in the last two and a half to three weeks, we have seen uh, a change in in the volume of staff of potential staff coming through the various channels, um, and uh, staffing is steadily, slowly but steadily improving. Well, you we we talked really briefly before we started recording, and you feel we're sitting here in, in uh, mid October uh, at this yes. point. And uh, you feel some of that might be the uh, the employment benefits coming to an end. You think that's impacting what you're seeing now in terms of incoming leads? Not sure. How, 
I, I don't know whether it's it's the only thing that seems to be coincidental right. with the improvement. The last checks were issued mid September. Now we're at mid October, four weeks later. Has has the money run out? You know, from the people who were staying home, we had a few of those. We didn't have a great extent. People, most of our longer term staff came back. The people we wanted to come back came back. Sure. Um, and they're doing very well. Um, the volume is good. People. Um, th th that's another. That's another subject. Probably the people that are coming. We are seeing a lot of new customers, and I think. A lot of that was what we're calling COVID money people, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, the people who got multiple checks from the government, uh, who were making pretty good money on unemployment. They were coming out, they were spending, um, not necessarily the same clientele we'd always see in the past, but it's still they're there, they're spending money. Uh, they're leaving gratuities and uh, the staff is happy and and, uh, and I'm happy about that as well. Though, I have a question about sure. the, uh, you, you already mentioned it. You had to you have throttling back reservations. Uh, that has to be the most frustrating experience for an operator to know you have the volume there, but can't support it based on staff. And I've experienced it as a customer going into places seeing empty tables and knowing they're not seeing them because they don't have the staff, not because yes. they don't have the tables. It's such a, it's such a different thing than you would have ever seen before. So that must be frustrating. What, what, and you guys, again, very, uh, you know, high end property, very well known, established, good perceived. So in terms of the attraction of labor, you're towards the, I would think towards the top of the folks that where people look at, but, but even a challenge for what, what the point is even a challenge for, for you guys, what what have you done in some instances to attract folks to keep folks? Well, keeping folks, we are um, uh, adopting a a better management strategy. We are focused on building a better culture mm -hmm. um, and training more, um, sharing where the business is uh, mm -hmm. with more of the staff. Uh, some don't care, but some are, are really invested in it. Um, we used, uh, with some, with some success, uh, social media, um, uh, Instagram and more to the point Facebook to attract mm -hmm. some people. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that, that network seems to be improving. And then we fine tune indeed. Uh, I would get calls from, a uh, young lady from, that works from Indeed, and I, I just was kind of ignoring it, saying, I know how to do this. I didn't do it. I called her, and I just thought she was going to try to sell me, you know, get me to spend more on Indeed. But she was very helpful in how to make Indeed work better. If you're not getting the searches, to close out a job, copy, you know, alter your uh, job description or whatever or the title and repost it with a new budget and everything. And then um, throwing, uh, which did cost more money, we threw a wider net uh, about a 50 mile hour or 50 mile ring around South Bend. Uh, and that has attracted some people who aren't too far away to commute. And we've hired a couple of those people. So our results have been better because we got some help 
from our, I guess she's our rep. And I'd be happy to share her contact with anybody who wanted to do it. She's uh, based in Connecticut, but uh, she was very helpful. And I, and I appreciate what she did for me. Yeah, I think uh, the I've heard stories about the job platforms, and indeed, indeed is a is is a big one as being a, a good feed for for leads. But I'm wondering a lot. Some of the feedback I hear too is, "Hey, uh, maybe perhaps this happened to you or others. You get the request interviews, or people not showing up, and then not, and then you onboarding and talk about that process. What are you seeing there in terms of percentage well, of people that come in? And we had a lot of that. Mm -hmm. No call, no show. You set it up. It sounds good. You mm -hmm. think you've got somebody and then they ghost you. Yeah. And uh, that was part of what I saw two weeks ago. A kid came in that I had. I, I'm, I'm now founder and president emeritus. My daughter took over the company uh, earlier this year. Uh, so she is the owner. But it put me in a position of being able to kind of filter the, the applications, send mm -hmm. them on, do some of the first initial legwork to free them up to run the restaurant and work with the staff we have. So this kid shows up and he's 10 minutes early. And I go, could that be the guy that I contacted through? Indeed it was. And uh, the second interview he came in, he showed up 10 minutes early and uh, he's hired. Uh, he seems to be fitting in. And then we had a similar uh, occasion. Uh, we got another cook from the same place this kid was at, and he's been working out very well. So we're breathing a little easier now, but we're still, as I tell my staff, keep hiring, keep hiring, keep looking. You know, we need to constantly refresh uh, because there's still, mm -hmm. I always called Indeed uh, a lot of the applicants tire kickers. They're just seeing what's out there, seeing what you'll offer, and picking and choosing. Uh, but they're they've their tire kickers point two. Oh, they're coming in and working a couple weeks. And eh, I guess this isn't enough for me. Or they get the first paycheck and gone. Just. Maybe that's been sure. two people in the last couple months. Yeah. Yeah. To your point, and I did an interview earlier today, uh, that, that phrase ABR, always be recruiting, like keep, especially now, keep that funnel open. Uh, and, and what we're seeing, uh, other feedback is you may have a person, think you have a person, boom, they get captured by someone else because there's other, oh, yeah. there's, there's no shortage of opportunities. That's the other thing. The speed of which you respond mm -hmm. is crucial mm -hmm. because yeah. other boom. people are doing the same thing. Yeah, hundred percent. So I, I jumped on to uh, LaSalleGrill.com, one, one one of your properties, and I just happened to click on the employment tab, and uh, you have you know you have a web form here uh, that may be a lead for you. I do notice your, your wages obviously are very competitive, and and you said before we started recording, uh, people are asking about health coverages and benefits. What's going on in that landscape that is different from two years ago, five years ago, ten years? You have been doing this a long time. Yeah, as as, as I said, you know. I, when I've opened 30 years ago, it, it was one of the things we did to be an employer of choice. Being the employer of choice mm -hmm. was a thing mm -hmm. I got from the chain I worked for and uh, back in the uh, 70s and 80s. And uh, they, they ran their company very well. And we all, they said, we always must be the employer of choice. So when I opened the restaurant, we offered uh, health care, life, 
and, and down the road, we did a 401k. And it really meant a lot back in the 90s into the 2000s as the millennial generation came, you know, then you, you lose some of the people who either age out of our business or move on to other things. You get younger people and we, as we saw the millennials, as they get closer to 40 now and have families, they're starting to realize, hey, we're not bullet as bulletproof as we were in our 20s. We need some health insurance and, and I've got a couple kids and I want to have insurance for them. So we've had to get really competitive with that as well and uh, go back and, and pay more attention to our benefits package and, and constantly look for something that is affordable and yet has really good coverage. So, and that's a, that's, but that's another cost yeah. of doing business. Uh, it's become more costly to do business uh, and you've got to have the volume. <laughs> Well, it, it begs it begs the question, uh, and again, you've you've done this for years, and so it's changed. But now, cost increase, cost increase, cost increase, and you so you can't operate the way you used to. There's no more. There's no more space. You really have to uh, much more efficiencies in the in the restaurant and the operation. What are some big takeaways? Maybe the last year has done operational for you to 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 sh maybe have 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 some flexibility with your margins. Well, uh, waste, eliminating waste mm -hmm. and everything is crucial. Uh, we're very careful about ordering. And, and so far, I knock on wood, the vendors, the food, the uh, food service vendor, our, our mainline vendor, which is local, Stan's Food Service, has been very helpful. They have a they have a store at their plant and it's a couple miles away from us. We go to we go to that store a lot. I find myself as the person has the most free time running to grocery stores for six heads of romaine rather than a case mm -hmm. in which you're not sure what you're going to get. Um, fresh herbs from the farmer's market, things like that in smaller bunches. Uh, we went from cutting our own meat to pre-cut. Um, and so far that has though, the individual, the per pound price is higher. Your your labor and your waste are out of the, the equation. And so we've found that that has helped our margins as well. Um, because we're, we're, for all intents and purposes, mostly a steakhouse. Yeah. And uh, red beef is 50% and red meat is about 50 to 60% of the menu mix. So... Yeah. Um, we're not, we're not cutting much of our own fish anymore where we, where mm -hmm. we can avoid it and, and get a decent price on a pre-portioned fresh fish. I think I, I, the only thing we're cutting is salmon, which is fairly simple to do. Yeah. And there isn't much waste on, in terms of the productivity, uh, that's still a challenge. Mm -hmm. uh, people are not as productive as they used to be. And it's kind of, we're still teaching life lessons and passing down knowledge from one generation to another about what work is and what's expected. Right. Uh, definitely with the millennials, there is a more life, the life work balance is more important to them than it was for baby boomers like me.
Um, I just, I've worked since I was 10 yeah. years old Yeah, and, uh, did something because I wanted to have some money to spend and I just, <laughs> I just going. always work when I have to. Question about the, on the efficiency side, have you guys uh, seen uh, tech technology play a role? Is there anything you're doing with that, that has maybe uh, well, taken someone who used to spend 40 hours, they spend 20 hours now. I mean, have you found some savings there? Uh, we, we have instituted that online. Um, I, I will say uh, ADP has improved over the years. We were with, we were caught up in a scandal of a local payroll processor where we ended up losing 35 grand in tax money that he'd spent that that's no fun didn't get paid so we've switched back to adp and they have been very helpful in calculating things for us uh, the next step is to get back on an online scheduling platform mm -hmm. um, and utilizing uh, technology to e ease that job uh, for our managers so they can do more productive things, uh, training the staff and interacting with customers and doing a better job of selling. Um, I, I think one of the things that has always helped me, and I'm not trying to blow smoke for you, Jamie, necessarily, but people like you, restaurantowner.com, Bill Marvin, the restaurant, all that is out there to do a better job in this business, to, to improve your knowledge, it's all out there. It costs a little money these days, but the cost to uh, value ratio is negligible. You know, I don't yeah. mind paying to subscribe to you, to many of them, to re running restaurants, uh, the re restaurant rock star. Um, there is so much knowledge out there. Um, to be had, all you have to do is pay attention to it and put the things that think that are apropos to your operation, put them into practice, take yeah. an action. That's the important thing. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a secret buried somewhere in a vault. The, the information no. is out there. I mean, you can grab a book or one of these, but uh, online, Google Google something, find us and, and some of the other folks that you mentioned. It, it's well, out there the and just, thing. you know, yeah. I try to balance my reading between fiction and nonfiction and most of the nonfiction is business related stuff yeah like uh simon cynic where is it here i didn't think much of this book but once i got into it it's got some good stuff and everything starts with why yeah and that, that's okay. been a great book Put that. We'll put that on the list. Put that on the list for the library. So, guys, as as we start as we start to to wrap, I I, I asked. I, I'm curious if you've done. You, and you kind of mentioned it. Anything with the menu? Uh, did you shrink it? Did you uh, cut hours? I and mean, how else have you kind of gone through this this COVID uh, struggle? Well, we did. We uh, we when we first started back last year, and there were restrictions on how many people you could seat, what percentage of the restaurant. Oh yeah. But once that opened up, we, we chopped it back and we were operating Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A couple months later, and it was by the end, maybe November, December, we added Tuesday back. We used to be open six days, Monday through Saturday. So far, we have not brought Monday back. And 
having those two days in a row has been a recruiting has helped our recruiting i think because we have two dedicated days back to back that you are off everybody's off mm. well some the man some of the managers i work my daughter works our general manager generally we come in on monday and get a few things done when there's no interruptions um we, our menu we shave back considerably and now we are slow every week adding one more item back and many mm -hmm. people go hey mm -hmm. whatever happened to the rack of lamb it's back mm -hmm. whatever happened to the breast of duck that's back certain things that were favorites um, are back we never cut you know we we looked at the top 10 sellers and entrees we kept them and maybe we got down to nine one time we did cut back on fish fresh fish things that have a short shelf life we were careful you know not to have too much of that on hand again to reduce the waste and spoilage but all that stuff we're slowly coming back online to meet the the uh, expectations of our guests yeah it's been it's been quite a journey and i know uh, i'm sure you're sure you questioned yourself al along the way but as we as, as we wrap up today um any closing thoughts you'd like to share with owners around the country that are like you have, have put on the hats have now passed to pass the torch to the next generation any, any other last words of wisdom well always be engaged i think somebody said uh it might have been Joel Cohen. You got to be the mayor, mm -hmm. and um, never turn down a chance when uh, the media calls you uh, to weigh in on one of the. This I've weighed in with the local media about the labor situation. It's important to be the go-to person to always have your brand in the face of people. Mm. That is is crucial. Uh, I, a lot of restaurateurs already know this, they do this, but, um, if you're a shy person, get over it. <laughs> it's hard being a shy person in yeah. this business. You've got to have an outgoing personality. Uh, you've got to be able to, uh, speak off the cuff to develop that. I was for it. My father was a, uh, uh an on-air personality in a small town on radio. Oh, so how about that? I've been in front of a microphone all my life and it, it, it doesn't bother me. And uh, not that I seek out all that publicity, but it sure pays off, I think. Uh, and that's one thing I think sometimes gets overlooked. Yeah. 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 Good. Yeah. Good advice. Absolutely. Uh, getting, and, getting, getting, uh, the be, and, and, and to elaborate on be the mayor as a, as a philosophy, that means, yeah, but get yourself out in front of people, both inside and outside of your restaurant so that you're a personality in the marketplace. Would you kind of echo that? Yes. And yeah. be engaged with, uh, the government as well. Uh, that has paid off. Hmm. Uh, I hate to say, and I think somebody, it might have been John Tapper. I heard him in a snippet of a, of a podcast talking about how an industry like ours, the independent restaurants, so fiercely independent. We want to make our own way. We don't want government assistance. We don't want to pay too much taxes. But we have become reliant to a great extent through this whole pandemic on government. Yeah. And everybody else's tax money that we pay in. Um, 
it's 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 a little sad, but uh, we I don't think we could have done it. And a lot of that came because restaurants through the National Restaurant Association and your state association and a local one, if you have it, being organized and having a voice of what is going on and what is legislated that uh, that may or may not affect you is very important. You need to be on top of that. And one of the reasons that there is the PPP, the first and second round, many grant programs statewide, citywide, um, there has been a lot of, of help. And yet there is the restaurant, the RRF, the Restaurant Revitalization Fund, that was supposed to be 120 billion, came out earlier this year. It, it was got down to a pool of 28.5, and it didn't go very far. Hmm. And uh, it's sitting in limbo behind the infrastructure bill, the $3.5 trillion that Congress and the president wanna push through uh, because it is COVID, the restaurant relief fund is COVID related and uh, they do not uh, want anything attached to that bill that's COVID related. Well, COVID isn't over and uh, it needs to be prioritized. And that is a matter of um, going to, you know, get in touch with your legislatures. The NRA makes it easy. There is another independent organization saving restaurants. Yeah, they've, they've done a good job with the, with the, with the government. Yeah. And yeah. it's easy to just click on, send a message to your legislature. Do not forget about us. We need some more help to get over this. And I think once that is uh, accomplished, uh, we should be in the clear as long as uh, we don't have the pandemic to deal with. That's, that's kind of out of control. It looks like there's relief in the supply chain potentially uh, getting those freighters unloaded and getting them on, on trucks and rail cars and getting the things to us that, that, that we wait months for sometimes. Yeah, the story has, uh, the ending has not been written yet to this uh, no. pandemic. We're, we're close, we're, hope, we're hoping we're on the final chapter, but yeah, to your point, the government funding uh, has been an important piece for a lot of folks and and, and stay engaged to make sure that happens. So um, we're, we're going to wrap uh, Mark McDonald from LaSalle Hospitality Group out there in South Bend, Indiana. Awesome having you. You're, you guys are ground on the feet, long, and, and seen so much. Uh, so I want to thank you so much for joining us. I want to thank Performance Food Service for being the sponsor of the, the Labor Crunch show. Appreciate those guys. So uh, once again, I'm Jamie Oichel from runningrestaurants.com. We'll see you in the near, see you in the near future. Thanks much. Bye-bye.